Hey guys, this is Jacques. Welcome back to Unpopular. How is everybody doing? I'm recording live from my bed, from my uh, Hannah Burner Page DeSorbo summer house bedroom vibe setup. This is usually how I do the Patreons, but we're having a lazy day today and I feel disgusting because I'm looking out of my bedroom window to a beautiful clear blue sky with like sunshine beaming down and I'm sitting in bed doing a podcast. It's so feral, but... You know, I got up early today and I did go for a 90-minute walk with my friend, but I only got three hours sleep last night. It was crazy because I've been on night shift and it just fucks me around, like, my sleeping pattern. So, I don't know. I'm trying to, like, get my energy back. And then when I couldn't sleep last night, I watched the first episode of Dallas from 1978. It was really good. I mean, I kind of thought, you know, would, would it have aged badly by now because- the 70s movies are, like, freaking amazing, but, you know, this is a soap opera, so I'm thinking uh, it's probably not aged that well, but, girl, by the end of the first episode, very juicy, very into it. Am I going to have time to watch all, I don't know, 370 episodes of it? Probably not, but it was good, and I'm kind of hanging out to watch the next episode. I know the first season of the original Dallas, it's actually, like, a five-episode mini series, so... I think I'll at least just get through the season one and, you know, see what good old JR's up to. So, I have some, like, breaking news that I only found out last night. Dylan Mulvaney has me blocked on Instagram, and I'm shook. I'm confused. I'm kind of flattered because Dylan's a big deal. Like, (laughs) Dylan is, like, a big star now. So, for a big star that I've never you know, tagged or anything directly to know about me enough to block me, I'm definitely kind of taking it as a compliment. I mean, that's what trolls do. Like, a lot of stupid trolls on Twitter, they'll have in their bio, like, blocked by Doja Cat, blocked by Kim Richards. Like, they wear it like a badge of honor, and it's, like, really disgusting. But (laughs) I feel a little bit like that now. I'm like, why why am I blocked by Dylan? Because I be I'm trying to figure it out legitimately. I'm shocked because one, my podcast isn't big enough to be getting like Dylan Mulvaney's attention to block me. You know what I mean? Like, why would Dylan Mulvaney have ever heard my podcast? I can't I just can't imagine it. Like I'm just not that big of a deal. My Instagram even is not that big of a deal. Like, I lose followers on Instagram all the time. It basically stays the same number. I'll get, like, three people and then, like, five people will unfollow. So, I just – how would Dylan be a, come across me on social media to, like, give a fuck what I say about him, you know? So, it's just not making sense to me. I did go viral on TikTok in April, uh, talking about Dylan. That was when I was on the Blonde Files podcast. I've told you guys about that before because I was trying to be very PC in the way that I covered it because the Blonde Files is, you know, quite a big show and I didn't want her to get in trouble with my problematic ass. So, it's being very like, well, there's this TikTok uh, Dylan and, you know, she got into a controversy. Like, I was basically being really careful about it. And I got so much backlash. I got trolled so much and it went pretty viral. Like, I actually, um, when I got back to Australia, to Aubrey, my little small town, the little coffee shop that I go to called Frankie's on the fucking side of the road, 
the girl behind the fucking counter said, I saw you on TikTok. I was like, what? And she's like, oh, you came up in my feed. I was like, I was definitely like loving it. I'm like, oh, this must be what it's like to be like TikTok famous. <laughs> I was like, more of this, please. I totally want to go out and have the barista go, oh, I know who you are. But I was also kind of embarrassed because my like internet life is a secret. Like it's so not the life that I'm living day to day. Like the day to day life at the moment is just, you know, country life, like not really doing much of anything, not like people don't know about this whole other side and the media industry that I'm in and stuff. So it is like a weird blurring of the two worlds. But anyway, I was definitely loving that getting recognized by one person. And um, so that went viral. But then I checked on TikTok and Dylan hasn't blocked my TikTok. So I'm all, I'm kind of like, well, if I'm going viral on TikTok for talking about Dylan, wouldn't Dylan want to block me on TikTok rather than go to find my Instagram? So I'm very confused by this. I, I'm going over it in my head. And I followed Dylan on Instagram. I'm sure I did. I like Dylan's content. And I feel like I have the best and most accurate take on Dylan Mulvaney pretty much out of everybody, like across the board. And then I'm like, maybe that's what triggered him because it's like, I've got Dylan figured out, <laughs> whereas everyone else is um, everyone else is playing into Dylan's hands, I feel like, except me. And by the way, for me not using Dylan's pronouns, I have talked about this before. It's not intentional. I just use the pronouns that just whatever comes naturally to me. So there's some trans people that have transitioned and it's just natural for me to say what their new pronoun is. And then you know, with Dylan, I'm still seeing Twink and Address. Um, you know, the fact that he didn't change his name makes it harder. Like with, you know, Caitlyn Jenner, it was pretty quick to start. I was pretty quick to start using the she pronouns because suddenly it was just like, okay, no more Bruce. Now I'm Caitlyn. It's a very feminine, girly name. You know, all the surgery. So it looked, you know, a lot more, I mean, as feminine as you can for like a 65 year old. Olympian, you know, but you know, Caitlin did a pretty good job with the with the makeover. I think all things considered, so it was a very easy transition to start saying she. With Dylan, it's like, I mean, you're just like an actor, you know, and you kept your same name. And I don't believe Dylan has gender dysphoria at all, especially because Dylan uh, often goes on social media still with the five o'clock shadow, which, by the way, is intentional. Dylan wants you to comment on that. That's they're ba- he's baiting you, okay? So you guys always like fucking fall for it. But people that were suffering from real gender dysphoria, it would trigger their dysphoria to be going in front of people with like masculine traits like that. So having a five o'clock shadow and you know Adam's apples and I mean I think he got it cut off now. He had the facial femini- feminization surgery, but. It was like, okay, so you got a nose job. Like, kind of looks the same, just a little bit prettier. But, um, yeah, maybe I will end up – maybe I'll use the she pronoun eventually. I just – it just hasn't come to me naturally. I I think of Dylan as, like, a non-binary, like, which doesn't even exist, so it's not real. But if non-binary was actually a valid thing, I'd just be like, yeah, Dylan's, like, non-binary. That kind of makes sense, like, a gay guy that – likes to dress up and, you know, be feminine and, and, you know, looks like he looks fierce in the photo shoots. Like I'm, I'm liking Dylan's looks lately. And he's now that he's like so famous, I think he has like good stylists and stuff. So I'm into the whole look. I'm into the whole vibe. 
he just looks like a cool, like, non-binary model now. Um, But my thing is with Dylan, I'm definitely not a full hater, like, the right-wing side, because I just respect the genius of what Dylan did to become famous. Like, I thought it was really smart, um, the way he baited everybody. And, you know, he did all those videos, the tampons and stuff, on purpose to make outrage. Like, that was the point. It's like, I'm going to stir up all of this controversy. I'm being intentionally provocative. You're all going to play into my hands, which everybody did, and everybody was so outraged. Um And now he's backed off from that because he's reached peak fame post Bud Light. Like, the Bud Light was the best thing that ever happened to him. That was amazing. Just skyrocketed his career to basically be a household name. And now he's stopped doing, like, the mocking of – because he was mocking women on purpose in, like, subtle ways to antagonize you all. And, it, you know, I mean, I was talking about Dylan long before the the Bud Light just because I thought this is so funny. And I know know this person's being, like, a total troll. Um, And now that he's gone, like, mainstream, he's not doing that. Like, this is what celebrities do, okay? So, even, like, a Kim Kardashian – it's like, okay, I'm going to do something provocative, like the sex tape, and, you know, do all these publicity stunts, but then you smooth the edges out as you get more famous, and you kind of, like, you lose some of, you know, that edgier stuff, and you become more just a general celebrity in the general public, and that's what Dylan is doing now. But what happened is that the backlash to the Bud Light thing, it was so you know, vitriolic and it was so nasty because there is all this transphobia going on now and the right wing are like obsessed with trans people and stuff. So then it made this, you know, which was part of Dylan's plan too. You have this other side that totally doubles down in supporting Dylan. That's how Dylan has gotten, you know, all these fans. So, you know, he's very like polarizing. Like you either kind of really hate Dylan Mulvaney or you like really love him and there's no in between. And it's worked on so many people because, you know, there's a bunch of people that I follow that I would consider under the sort of like, you know, anti-woke umbrella that are podcasters and, you know, tweeters and commentators and stuff. And they don't fall for any of this shit. But the backlash against Dylan was so much that even they started to become fans of Dylan. And it's like, they, like they're like the contrarian class, right? You guys always say, I'm just being like a fake contrarian. There's a lot of contrarians, whatever. You just don't listen to them all. And they're all doing the contrarian thing now of like, oh, okay, so all these like, you know, Ben Shapiro, et cetera, like hating on Dylan. So now we're going to support Dylan. And they're falling for it and treating Dylan like a legitimate thing. And I'm like, girl, you're just playing into his hands as well. You know what I mean? Like, just it's all fake. Like, that's why I, that's why I like Dylan because it's all fake. And I get that everything is like completely calculated and thought out and has been like pulled off masterfully. So I kind of feel like you're wrong to like play into it on either side, whether it's like hating or loving Dylan. Does that make sense? Um, And I do think Dylan has star quality, by the way. So yeah, I don't know. I'm not a hater, but maybe that's why I'm blocked because maybe it's because I see how fake it all is from every angle. And maybe Dylan doesn't like that (laughs) because- (laughs) <laughs> Dylan's not into that. Um, but yeah, I think Dylan is a star. I like Pinky Doll as well. Do you guys know Pinky Doll on TikTok? She's the latest um she's the latest viral thing. I posted a few clips on my stories. It's just this chick. She was like an OnlyFans model. She's attractive. She's like a mom. I don't know what her background is. Like she's from Canada. Maybe she's French Canadian, but she's black. 
but I don't know, French Canadians, black girl, I don't know about the racial makeup really of Canada. I don't give a fuck. So she is what she is. She's an attractive person and she has an accent. I think she's like 27 or something. And she pretends to be an NPC, like a robot or AI or something. And then people just throw money at her on a TikTok live. Like she was on live stream they throw money at her and she has these like phrases that she says if you pay her money and she just goes on for hours and she has about like five different phrases and she just says the phrases over and over again. But there's something about like her accent and the phrases that she chose and the way she said it. Like it is kind of hypnotic. Like I was actually watching it for like quite a while. Like I was into it and someone said, oh, I hate this. This is what I hate about you know, culture. It's like the dumbest people being rewarded. I'm like, I don't think this is any different than any, like, I don't think this is any different to like mindlessly scrolling. I don't think it's any different to a lot of dumb stuff that we watch. Like it feels dumber, but it's really not. Like I remember back when I think I was still a teenager, we used to have when Big Brother was really big in Australia, we had this late night show of Big Brother. It wasn't like the porno one because they would have Big Brother uncut, which was when you showed all of like the, you know, naughty stuff and the nudity in the shower and that. <laughs> it was such a funny time. You had to like see, <laughs> that's how you had to see porn was to like see someone showering naked on Big Brother uncut <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> it was hot too because um, some of the guys were like really hot. But anyway, um, this was like a different one that they would run on the weekend and they would play it at, like, I think, f- from like 1 a.m. till 3 a.m. or something. And people would just call in at night and sort of like play games. Like it was really low budget and it was hosted by this one guy called Hot Dogs. who was He was one of the big brother people. So he would just like sit there, nothing flashy, and people just called in and like nothing happened. And I remember I used to like watch it like – Every weekend, like I would be up on a Saturday night, like maybe I'd like, you know, been out at the club or something. Then I come home, it's like 2 a.m. And I'm sitting in bed just watching like hot dogs on (laughs) Big Brother up late. So I don't think that like sitting on TikTok watching Pinky Doll is any different to like a lot of other um, time wasting activities. But yeah, with the transgender thing, I think people's brains are just broken by transgenderism now. Like people can't look at transgender people critically like positive or negative and just judge people individually it's like if you're on one side of the political aisle you just see every transgender person as like a nutcase like a lot of people think like dylan's like crazy it's like uh dylan's not crazy dylan's just like a very media savvy person um or you think they're all like pedophiles or groomers or whatever. And then there's like the other side where you just blanket love every single transgender person. Even the, you know, some of these transgender people you see popping up, it's like, oh, this person's like clearly mentally unwell. And then you've got this one side to show how like liberal they are. They're like, oh my God, you know, this trans person in like a trench coat out the front of the kindergarten with a black van handing out candy how lovely or what a kind person you know what i mean like this is so stupid whereas if you have a brain like how can you not just like you can just tell like you can you can tell if someone just seems like they're just genuinely transgender and normal or if they seem like a creep or if they whatever like you just judge them like you would judge anybody else but i feel like with when it comes to trans people now they've just all become so politicized. There's either like this one extreme of loving them or like hating them. And there's like nothing in between. Um, 
Someone else that's playing the media really good, Dylan Mulvaney style, is Adam22 and Leonard the Plug. Have you guys been following this or do you guys know who they are? So, I already knew who Adam22 was. He's a big YouTuber and he has a podcast called No Jumper and he interviews like rappers and porn stars. And you guys know that I love porn culture. I love Playboy culture. I love like only fans. I was even up last night reading um, reviews on like four. Like this is when I couldn't sleep last night, right? So I watched like Dallas and then I was scrolling um, reviews on forums of like guys that hired prostitutes for no porn, porn star like escorts. And so they hire the porn stars for like a night of escorting and then they like review them in on these forums. And the reviews are, like, pretty gnarly because it's like, yeah, you know, she came, she was, like, strung out. She was, <laughs> you know, I went to her apartment and there was just, like, a mattress on the floor and I think she had been, like, on a bender. Um, So, like, all the reviews are like that. It's fucked. But I was up, like, reading that. So, I love all of that trashy shit. So, I knew who Adam22 was because he's always having these, like, OnlyFans hose on. And he has a girlfriend called Lena the Plug or Lena the Plug. I don't know the exact pronunciation. And um, I don't think her name, the Lena the Plug, I don't think the the plug part was actually from her porn career. I think it predated that. I think it actually meant like when you plug something, like, you know, you're giving something a plug, like a shout out, because she used to work in social media. I think that it originated there, but then she kept the name for porn. So, it just sounds like she's some slut that's getting like, you know, plugged by all these guys. And uh, they they make a lot of money and they've gone viral recently because they did this OnlyFans stunt, right? Wait, actually, I need, I need to give you more backstory on them so you understand. So, They've got this podcast, No Jumper, that's Adam's podcast, but they have another podcast called Plug Talk, and it's like an OnlyFans porn podcast where they interview like a porn star or an OnlyFans star, and then they all have sex, and it's all recorded and stuff, and then you subscribe to their OnlyFans to watch the sex act. But the thing is that it's only ever with women, so it's Adam- and then Lena, and then, like, a woman, but they never have other men. Like, Adam is the only man. Lena's not allowed to be with, um, I know I keep saying Lena, Lena, like, whatever, just don't get annoyed by it. Um, she wasn't allowed to be with other men, so that's how the relationship worked. So, they decided that they were going to let her sleep with another man for the first time in their relationship, which was about, like, an eight-year relationship. They're married, they have a kid together. So... They choose this big black guy called Jason Love, who's a porn star. He's hung. And they pretty much, like, acted out like a cuck thing, which do you guys know what, like, cucking is? That's when, like, a white guy lets his wife get banged by, like, a black guy, and then he has to, like, sit there and watch. And it's some kind of, I don't know, it's some kind of, like, humiliation. I don't really get it, but it's it's meant to be, like, humiliating of, like, putting this, like, white guy in his place while some, like, you know, hung black dude, like, ravishes his wife. It's, it's some, it's, but it's, like, a thing, right, that people are, I don't know, straight people are into. I don't get it. So, they did that, and then it's gone so viral that he let her sleep with this other dude, which, it's, like, weird, right, because he's been sleeping with other women for years and years, and they're having threesomes, and, everything. He has threesomes with, like, her best friends, but 
I guess there's kind of like a sexism of like, yeah, he's a guy, so he can fuck anyone. But like, what kind of dude would let his wife get banged by another man, bro? You know what I mean? Like, that's that kind of element. And they've played out this narrative, right? This is what how it's gone viral in mainstream media. The narrative is kind of like, yeah, he's being cucked. And she mentioned on a podcast that like this guy, Jason, had like a bigger dick and that she's like, oh, I'm so sore now. Like, I've been sore for three days because he like pounded me so much. And people like, oh, my God, this guy, he must be so humiliated. And then he bought her a $400,000 Lamborghini. And people like, wow, he's really being cucked. Like, first he lets his wife get with another man. And now he's, like, buying her, like, you know, expensive cars and stuff. And what people don't get is that, yeah, like, at, like Adam's playing the character of a guy that's being cucked. They're trying to trick people to think that, like, oh, they were just experimenting for OnlyFans. And then it backfired and he got humiliated. But that's the that's the act. Like, that's the fake part of it all. That they're, they're laughing all the way to the bank. And I'm pretty sure that they've made, like, millions off of this. Like, they've made so much money and gotten so many OnlyFans subscribers. And I was looking into them because I had to write about them at Daily Mail. And um, I saw that an old interview of them talking about how they create, like, narratives around their OnlyFans to get the subs up. So, they did something, like, a year ago where they kind of pretended to have a threesome with this Target cashier. So, it was – I don't know if the girl was really working at Target or she had worked at Target something, but she's, like, a big OnlyFans star now who's, like, a millionaire as well. But they got this hot Target cashier and they kind of set it up. So, Adam and Lena were, like, on, you know, TikTok and Snapchat or whatever, and they were, like, at Target, and then they pretended, like, oh, wow, that cashier was, like, really hot, you know, we should, like, pick her up. So, they, like, film it all, and they put it on YouTube, and they film, like, talking about, yeah, we're going to have a threesome, and then it's, like, obviously, you can't post porn on YouTube, so then it's, like, you have to go to their OnlyFans to watch the threesome. So, they made all this money off of that. Um, They did a few other things, and this is just the latest one, but- yeah, people people just fall for a lot of stuff, I feel like. Um, oh, my God. And you know who else is, you know, grifting away? Kimberly Archie, who was involved in the whole Tom Girardi, Erica Jane thing. She worked for Girardi Keys, which was Tom Girardi's law firm. Um, and then... Wait, side note, by the way. So, I usually do housewife stuff now strictly on Patreon, but I actually did a Patreon episode yesterday with Jess from Hot Takes and Deep Dives, and we- there was a story on there. It's basically the real-life lesbian scandal, so it's very juicy. But then um, Jess and I kind of reviewed the new Roni reboot, and we talked about Jill and Bethany doing their- pod they reunited for like two podcasts i think they have like another one coming out soon i don't know maybe they've got another one out now by the time i've released this so we reviewed that and it's really good but it was basically like a whole roni themed episode and i wanted to talk about this stride keys thing so i'm just doing it here but you know um but if you want the roni thing patreon.com slash unpopular jp anyway kimberly archie she worked for gerardi keys and she really got famous off the back of the scandal so when it all blew up and you know, everyone was hating on Erica. Oh my God, she knew Erica was the mastermind behind it all. Like during that time, um, Kimberly went on like a podcast tour. I worked for Tom Girardi, blah, 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 you know, like just going into it all. And I think that Heather McDonald kind of got her famous. Like Heather McDonald's pretty good at 
picking up these people early on because, and, you know, I don't tend to agree with the, you know, I'm not on, I'm not team Kimberly Archie and I was not team Casey Hammer who ended up doing the Army Hammer House of Hammer documentary, but like Heather knows how to sniff out a good story. She's very like on TikTok. So she, you know, she gets these things. So she put Casey Hammer on and then that led to the whole House of Hammer. So shout out Heather McDonald. And then she also had Kimberly Archie on. And then not only did Kimberly Archie do Juicy Scoop podcast, she did like Ryan Bailey. I think she's been on Zach's show. Like, I mean, she's done them all. Like, like she rode this to the wheels fell off. And of course, it was the usual, like, I don't agree with how Erica's acting towards the victims. I'm just trying to help the victims and, you know, like trashing Erica. She went on that Housewife and the Hustler Hulu documentary, you know, that trash. So, the other day, and by the way, no one's really talking about this, how weird this whole thing is. Which, what is weird is what I'm about to tell you in one minute. I'm just, I'm just setting it up that no one's really talking about how weird this is except me right now, which is crazy because it's so fucked. So, Kimberly launched her own ice cream company or like ice cream line the other day. She named it after her dead son, which, you know, RIP, that's that's super sad. And I, I can't remember how her son died, but there's a whole, like, tragic story to it, right? Um, and I know that she filed, like, a wrongful death lawsuit um, when he died. I mean, I, I think she's very litigious. So, that's very American, too. Like, people don't really do that in Australia. I mean, they do do it in Australia, but, like, not that often. Whereas in America, it's like, we'll sue for anything. Um so I know she had a wrongful death suit and then she also started a GoFundMe off of him to get money to like start the ice cream company. And now she's like named the ice cream after her son. Okay. And then she had a launch for it. And then she had like Tom Girardi's victims at the launch <laughs> to promote her ice cream that she GoFunded off of her dead son. And then the LA times were there to like, film a documentary because I think she's doing some kind of like Girardi follow-up that's all about her. And then she had Erica Jane there who met with the victims for the first time, of course, captured on camera by like the LA Times, I think, or if they didn't capture the actual meeting, they definitely captured the aftermath. So, they would have interviewed the victims of like, okay, how was it to like, you know, talk to Erica after everything? Um... And <laughs> sorry, just guys, just it's just wild. So all this to promote her ice cream with the victims out there, and then she had Zach Peter and Kiki Monique from Talk of Shame there, who I'm friends with, and I I know they're friends with Kimberly, so they were invited, and they haven't really given me, you know, they haven't they love Kimberly Archie, so anything negative I'm saying, I just want to put that out there in case anyone hears this, just to be clear. I know that Zach and Kiki love Kimberly. This is my independent opinion on Kimberly as someone that works in media and as someone that just like watched all of this as it was like happening on social media. So Kiki and Zach being there and the LA Times being there to do this documentary, I was like, okay, so clearly you have to give this to the LA Times. So you can't just put out a whole press line of like, Let's have the New York Post. Let's have Daily Mail. Let's have The Sun. Let's have Radar Online. Let's have the New York Times. Like, let's just have a whole fucking press junket here. So, you mustn't be able to do that because you've, you, it's an exclusive for the LA Times. 
So she invites Zach and Kiki, who it's like, okay, they have huge social media followings in this world. So obviously, if you invite them, they're going to like post about it and, you know, TikTok about it. And then the word is going to get out and you're going to be able to promote the ice cream. And then page six was there, but it was one of the page six reporters. But it was my understanding that he came as a plus one of somebody, that he wasn't there as an official press capacity. But she masterminded a way to, like, get the whole thing out there and have it all captured to promote her ice cream off the back of the victims and off the Erica reunion. Also, she can make money off this ice cream and then still have it done for the LA Times documentary, but get around the exclusivity with the LA Times. I'm like, this is in such poor taste. Now, by the way, I love it. I mean, welcome to Hollywood, bitch. Like, that's how things work. It's so weird and, like, distasteful, but it's like iconic like i mean it's like dylan mulvaney like that's the name of the game like that's how this shit works so i think it's funny and kimberly archie by the way she's all like glam now like she's got like botox and fillers and like a spray tan and she had like her makeup and hair was very like toddlers and tiaras but she's you know she's like 50 or whatever but she was dressed like a it was like a 50-year-old going as like a toddler's and tiaras. So she's all like glammed up as like, you know, it's my time to shine. Anyway, I just think it's so funny that all these people that were being, you know, lauded and praised before as, um, you know, only caring about the victims and they're just in it to help the victims. And then you see them all and it's like, hey, Kimberly Archie's using the fucking victims to sell her new ice cream line. That Ronald Richards, who got praised a lot, he turned out to be some ambulance-chasing, like, fucking weirdo. Like, all of them. And then, like, Erica is looking better and better all the time, because I saw some, like, troll comments of going, oh, so Erica's there for, you know, damage control. It's like, first of all, she wasn't there with, like, Beverly Hills cameras, and... I don't think Erica I don't think Erica really wants to fuck with Kimberly Archie after what Kimberly Archie has done. But I think look, Erica said from the beginning, if you go back to all of the Erica stuff, she always did say from the beginning that she wanted the victims to be made whole. She had to say it in like lawyer speak, because if she said it too explicitly, that could be used in the lawsuits as like an admission of guilt. Cause it's like, okay, well, why if you've done nothing wrong, Erica, why are you apologizing? You know what I mean? I mean, we all knew this. I mean, if you if you were, like, thinking of it critically, you understood that's why she did it. Now, you can say that some of her other behavior was, um, was you know, selfish or whatever. I mean, you guys know my take on it. I don't really want to go down the whole Erica thing again. But, you know, I felt like she was being reactionary because she was getting so much hate on her. So, this was her defense mechanism to kind of like double down and like fire back because she was being she was in the thick of it so wrongly accused that's how i took it other people take it as like wow she's a soulless monster we all have our different opinions on it it is what it is but she always said she wanted the victims to be made whole and when people were like well why aren't you meeting with the victims she would always say like everything in due time everything will happen at the time that it's meant to as in like yeah we can't just do it all now like i'm getting through lawsuits one step at a time so now some time has passed it's been a couple of years i think she's knocked out some of the lawsuits she's probably got other ones i don't you know keep up on how many there are i know she just got the those earrings back so those earrings that everyone said she stole those earrings like the court ruled that they were hers that's why she didn't give them back because they were just going through the legal channel 
So I kind of feel like everything's playing out as she said that it would. And those of us that sort of were listening to her and felt like that her version kind of made the most sense to us, it's all checking out. Um, and now as time goes on, you see the Kimberly Archies of the world and these other people. It's like, oh, not so innocent after all. Well, well, well. Okay, guys, moving on. I feel like I've been like brainwashed into Chunky Stop It. Now Chunky's making noise. Um, I feel like I've been brainwashed into like wanting to watch the Barbie movie. When I tell you I have had no interest in this movie, and I swear I'm not trying to be like, <laughs> I'm like too good for the Barbie movie. I like, I don't follow new movies really. Cause like most of them are shit. They're all like, they're all Marvel where it's just filled with like Easter eggs and stuff. They're like, you know, woke Oscar bait of, it's just the same generic plot. I'm, you know, oppressed and this is how I overcame it. And it's like sad. Why don't give me like an Oscar? Like there's no art in like, film anymore i mean occasionally a movie will break through but in general like the pole stuff and the the blockbusters like i couldn't give a fuck like i was even looking through margot robbie's movies i've like barely seen any of her films i've seen bombshell um the fox news one which i did like even though it was kind of cheesy but i don't know i was just i was like yes like you go girls like i was like very girl power um I watched like half of I, Tonya, and I turned it off because it was bad. I think that's all I've seen of hers. I want to see that once upon a time in Hollywood, but I just haven't got around to it. So, yeah, I don't care. I never watched a trailer for Barbie. No interest in Barbie. But the marketing is so relentless. I've never seen anything marketed like this. I feel like it's when they were pushing the vaccine. You know how you couldn't look anywhere without you get jabbed, get vaccinated, stay home, wear a mask. Like that's the Barbie marketing. It's crazy. Like even in my little town, I'm walking past people dressed in pink to go and watch it. And now I'm seeing people argue about it on Twitter as well. Like I saw Ben Shapiro like burning Barbie dolls. Like this is woke. And he was like burning dolls. I'm like, oh, well, if he's like so triggered by it, it's probably actually like fine. You know, <laughs> like if it's annoying him so much, it's probably not that bad. And then there's that other, that Oppenheimer thing, which I couldn't give a fuck about. I don't like Christopher Nolan. I've watched, like, two Christopher Nolan movies. It was enough. Like, no interest in him. I literally thought that um, that Oppenheimer movie was a selling sunset thing. So, I kept seeing it on Twitter. And I'm like, you know, is there a new, like, op- like the new Oppenheim office, you know, opening up? Is there, like, a new season of Selling Sunset coming out? I'm like, God, you know, the last season was pretty recent. They're already back, you know, because they do know they film seasons back to back. So, I was like, it must be that. And then I'm like, oh, it's like some Christopher Nolan movie. No, ma'am. So, no interest in either of them. But I think I've been, like, graded down into wanting to watch Barbie now. Like, it seems fine. I don't think it's going to be, like, I don't know. People keep saying it's woke. I'm sure it's, like, perfectly fine. I think it's giving off um, the reaction to it. And, okay, this goes for Oppenheimer, too. Because the thing with Oppenheimer is, like, the lefties are, like, attacking Oppenheimer and the conservatives are, like, attacking Barbie. And I'm like, okay, both these movies must be okay. And I feel like this is just, like, internet-brained people that are, like, way too into this, like, culture war stuff where they can't even, like, look at a movie without being, like, completely, like, freaked out and triggered by it. I mean, I get that there is, like, forced, like, woke stuff that, like, ruins things all the time, but I don't know. This- I feel like we're at the end of it now, and I kind of feel like people are just still, like, grasping at straws to 
to make this still a thing. And I don't think it is that much. Because, like, they're complaining about the Oppenheimer saying, um, oh, my God, it was, like, you know, one hour into the movie and, like, a woman didn't speak. Okay. And, like, <laughs> big deal. Big, who gives a fuck? And then Barbie, I think they were like, you know, I don't know, there's patriarchy in this, girl. Anyway, I do want to watch it now, but I have to be very selective because you guys know I'm very specific about going to movies and the time I go. And, like, this is a mass-produced, like, mass-market, like, movie that's going to make whatever, like, half a billion dollars, however much money these movies make now it's going to make that much. I mean, we'll see how much they walk home with. I mean, how much do they spend on marketing? Jesus. But um, I can't go watch it with, like, the general public riffraff because I know it'll just be, like, complete fucking scumbags. Like, I need to go to the gold-class screening, which even a gold-class screening, I'm wondering, oh, I don't know. I just- This movie's so commercial that I know it's just going to bring out the most fucking vile, lowest people known to man. So, I may even do the gold class during, like, a day setting. So, at least I know they're going to be, like, older. Like, I can't handle children. At least gold class is, like, more expensive. So, like, rowdy poor people can't really afford to go to it. But I don't know. I'm just, like, already freaking out about seeing it. Because did you guys see that story that was going viral about- the guy in Florida that was attacked going to the movies. So, this old guy in his 60s- Well, 60s isn't old anymore, but older than the people that attacked him. He was, like, I think about 63. He was this white guy. It was this, like, black couple in his seat. But they were, like- They looked like- I don't know. Like, she was in, like, fake Gucci. She wasn't, like- She wasn't, like, Zeus Network level. Like, she was pretty. She was a little bit, like- mm, Definitely not- she wasn't Zeus Network. She was more Instagram with a twist of, like, VH1. Like, she had- I think she had, like, fake Gucci, like, pants or something, but she was still kind of, like, pretty and she wasn't, like, covered in, like, tattoos and stuff. And then he was, I don't know, a little hip-hop. He just looked like Miami hip-hop sort of. Anyway, these this couple sat in this guy's seat. And then he's like, oh, can you, like, move out of my seat? And then they, like, beat him up. And he was, like, left bloody. And, like, this is the lowest in society. And I saw the story first on Daily Mail. And then I read the comments. And all the comments were on the white guy side. And then I went on Hollywood Unlocked. And I saw it there. And then all the comments were on the couple's side. And they were like, I bet this white guy called him the N-word, you know? So, I'm like, you know, say that word and you're going to get popped. Like, they were literally... I would say, like, 85% of them were on the couple's side. I'm like, first of all, if you get into an- Like, I'm, I am don't I don't condone racial slurs, obviously, but I still kind of feel like if you're sitting in someone's seat- Well, you've been in the wrong for sitting in the seat. They're in the wrong for using a racial term. Like, you should probably get, like, the manager or whatever to, like, throw them out or something. But, I mean, beating- and. Again, this is, like, an older guy versus, like, a young guy that's, like, he was left bloody and bruised. So, I don't think there's still a justification for it. But I feel like, just off the bat, if you're in someone's seat like that, that's that's actually the lowest- Things like that are the lowest thing you can do. Like, that just shows that we don't live in a civil society. Like, you can't- you can't be trusted to be out in everyday life 
if you are going to sit in someone else's assigned seat, it was the VIP seating, by the way, which costs more money and you've got to like pre-book it. So they booked that seat specifically. You went and sat in it in on purpose. And then look, even to give them the benefit of the doubt, like you should not be sitting in someone else's seat, but sometimes you kind of think like, oh, I don't think these seats were sold and that's like a bit better than the one that I got. So let's just move over and sit there. And then sometimes the person shows up a bit late and you're like, oh my God, sorry, I didn't realize I was in your seat. Like that's still rude because you're still putting the onus on like that other person to go, um, I think you're in my seats, which can be really awkward, especially, you know, like, okay, my age now in my thirties, I would feel awkward if it was like a bunch of teenagers there because i'm like oh god these like rowdy teenagers now are going to be like rude to me because i'm and like re-rolling their eyes at me like i'm some old guy that's telling them to get out of like their seat so whatever it's still rude to do but i get that some people if you think the seat hasn't been sold you'll try to like sit there like we all kind of do that but for you to sit there and then the person comes over and asks you to move and you like get into a fight with them you are the most fucking disgusting person known to man. Like, you should be arrested. Like, you can't be- You should be arrested before you even hit them. You should just be arrested for not moving out of the seat because that just shows that, like, that's going to extend to your whole life. You have no manners. You have no civility. You have no decorum. You are selfish. You don't ever think of others. You put yourself and your comfort first above everybody else. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm going, like, full communist, but, like- Get the fuck out. Like, what the fuck are you doing sitting in someone's seat? It's so shocking to- Like, it's actually, like, years in jail for that. Or it's, like, you should be under house arrest or you should be, like, fucking, like, monitored with, like, a anklet thing where there's, like, public spaces that you can't go into until you've learned your lesson. Because, like, we can't trust you out and about- period. Like, what else are you going to do? Are you going to be, like, cutting in line with people? Are you going to be, like, intimidating people, like, in public? Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to steal from somebody? Like, are you a fucking criminal? Like, you are so fucking depraved to sit in someone else's seat. Like, it's honestly the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. And I'm just, like, outraged by it. And I was, like, just a reminder of, oh, my God, like, I can't- like, this was in Florida- I'm sorry, I need to I need to just go to like bougie places. Like I can't be around these like it's like when I it's when I go to the states and one of my things is like I, you know, I don't want to come back here cuz I just want to like close the Australia chapter of my life and like start a new life. But part of it is also like I can't handle the flight. Like I can't be I can't afford like business class. It's too expensive. You know, first class business class. Like I'm already paying extra for the premium economy to get the extra leg room because I'm, like, six foot two. But, like, I can't be in there with the disgusting riffraff of, like, the way that people behave on public, like, transport and flights and stuff. Like, I can't do it. And when I was in LA and I watched Evil Dead Rise, which was so bad, by the way, um, I wanted to, like, walk out. But I saw it at the Alamo Draft House. That was amazing. That was, like, the classiest theater they give you the biggest seats you just like order food and like the food's good and like cocktails like it's actually really good and like it's a cinema that people that actually appreciate movies go to even though we were seeing some trash which was evil dead rise it's for like cinema lovers and they have like warnings at the start of like you know all about like turning your phone off and but they're like 
more, I know that every cinema has that where it says like, turn your phone off, but like, I can't remember what the warning was specifically at the Alamo, but it's like more specific and more like hammered home of like, you absolutely are not to be having your phone. Like, don't even be checking and having like the bright light come out and like distract people. Like, you're here to watch a movie. This isn't some like low attention ass like TikTok shit. Oh my God. Like, I told you guys when I saw Megan, you know, the robot doll that kills people. I saw that at the cinema here. I had to tell these kids, I said, shut the fuck up. Like, I literally said that um, in the movie. And then I thought we were going to fight. Like, I thought it was going to be like the Florida situation. Because I was like, I was like on ready. If they, you know, because I was like working up the courage to like snap at them. And I was ready. I'm like, if this fucking kid and his bitch girlfriend so much as try something like I I was ready to go straight up like baddie Seuss network on his ass like like he's so fucking lucky that he didn't try it on me that day and I know I just come back from the gym straight to the movies had a pump going like bitch you're about to get it and like the Alamo draft house it was just so what like cinema should be and there was one couple that were talking and then someone else like very early on like shushed them and then they shut the fuck up because like we all know that we're there to like watch the movie we're not there to behave like fucking wild animals that are out and like you know can't behave themselves like that disgusting couple in florida so i just think i really need to be in just certain like more high-end spaces of like you know when I see the movies, I can only go to the Alamo. Like, when I am flying, I mean, look, I'll be on economy when I get there, but I don't know, I need to make some more money, so it's, like, business class. I cannot be around these disgusting fucking people. Like, I just can't. I mean, I'm just mean, like, rowdy, but I'm not mean- <laughs> It doesn't sound like I meant certain time. I'm just talking about rowdy, uncivilized people, whatever they may be. I can't do it, period. Um, What else did I have on my notes? Hang on. Oh, my God. Lana Del Rey's working as a waitress. Did you guys see that? She's working as a waitress in some, like, waffle house, I think, in Alabama. And, like, she just has my dream life because I love her. Like, she definitely is one of the best artists, one of the best songwriters of this generation. Maybe, like, all time. Like, she's so fucking incredible. And I'm so kind of envious of her because, you know, I do feel like she kind of manifested a life that she wanted for herself and she knew what she wanted from, like, a young age and she made it happen. Like, I mean, I think she got famous a little bit later. Like, I think she got famous maybe 26, 27, but she worked throughout her 20s to get it and now she's just lived this kind of bohemian bohemian artist lifestyle and I think she just, like, makes love and writes songs, and she has a very poetic, beautiful artist life. And now it's to the point where to fulfill her little, like, artistic whims, she can work, like, a shitty job that most people would be, like, depressed in. Like, most people that are, like, a waitress at a fucking Waffle House in Alabama, they're like, fuck my life, like, checking in for another shift. But for her, because she has everything, she's had the fame, like, she obviously has, like, heaps of money from the songwriting, she has the acclaim, she can just, like, romanticize this thing, and she's probably going to do it for a couple of weeks, and maybe, like, inspire her next album. Like, she's, like, role-playing, like, it's, like, poverty role-play. So, she can, like, do that. Like, imagine being in a position where you're that privileged, 
that you can just like pretend to be like poor for fun and like just live this fan. Like I'm, I'm sure she's like imagining in her head, like, oh my God, I'm just like this waitress in my white dress at the diner and you know, someone comes in and catches my gaze. And you know what I mean? Like I, I bet it's just like so romantic and like fun for her to be doing this. And then she can just go back to her like Hollywood life, wherever she lives, somewhere glamorous and, you know, having a, tryst at the Beverly Hills Hotel or the Chateau Marmont. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, she has like the best life. I can't deal. So she's doing that. Um, What else? Oh, Britney's back. Britney has this new song called Mind Your Business. It's like super auto-tuned, right? It's with Will I Am. And like the way she says it, she sounds like Bollywood, like Indian. She's like, Manjubi, Manjubi. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like a Bollywood vibe. And I was kind of into it. I couldn't tell if it was um, like, I don't know if it's like the worst song ever or it was like kind of cat. I don't know. Like it's really bad. But then on the Manjubi, Manjubi, like I was kind of into it. So I don't know, because it sounds like that really shitty like EDM that like Will I Am and like David Guetta and... LMFAO, et cetera, were all doing, you know, back in the day, remember? And even, like, the R&B artists had to get on that train, which I know so many of them didn't want to, but it's when, like, Usher was doing Electro and, like, Neo and, like, Chris Brown. Like, all of them were like, fuck. Like, if we release an R&B record or a hip-hop record, like, it's gonna flop. Like, we all need to get one of these, like, David Guetta beats. They were all doing it, and I remember I was covering music a lot back then. That's when I was, like, really into music stuff. And um, at that time, I would think, like, God, this music's fucking garbage. Like, this is such trash. That's probably when I was, like, more transitioning over to, like, full-time K-pop. Because it's just, like, American music's, like, really, like, rock bottom. But then it was about a week or so ago... I was at the gym and they were playing like a few of these songs. Like they were playing like LMFAO, I think like Sexy and I Know It, like Tail Tail Cruise, whatever his name is, Higher. I was like, oh my God, these songs are like jams. Like these are so fun. I was like, why was I so like uptight about it back in the day? Like these are like really fun. Like, you know, it was fun. I liked the beat. Like I was definitely kind of into it. And I was sort of looking at like, now today's pop music, because a lot of it takes itself very seriously, and all these girls now with their sing, they all sing with the chain, chain smoker voice, where they over emote everything, and they try to have all this like character in their voice, and I don't know, like a lot of the girls now aren't doing it. Like that uh, Olivia Rodrigo, some of her first songs were okay. The new that vampire song she has is terrible. It's so bad. Um, so, I was kind of, like, nostalgic for the trash EDM. I was like, yeah, it's a more fun time. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, the jury's still out on the Britney. I mean, I don't really care anyway. I haven't downloaded the Britney song, whether it's good or bad. I accept that her music, like, I don't I don't think of her as a music artist anymore. And she was, like, one of my favorites back in the day. So, I'll always listen to, like, the old albums, you know, like, Circus and In The Sun. I mean, all of that. I know all the albums back to back up until, like... I think I stopped listening at, like, Femme Fatale. That Britney Jean album she had was one of the worst albums ever, but then she had another album after that, the one with, um, what was it called? Oh, my God, what's that? Whatever the last album she had was, was oh, Glory. That was actually good. I remember when I put it on, I was expecting it to be, like, garbage. I'm like, oh, she has some, like, pretty good A&R people. So, 
I don't know, but I don't care about anything she releases now. Like, I know she had some Elton John. Like, she's crazy. Like, no one's managing her. Like, I don't care. Like, she's not in her right mind to even be, like, putting music together. Like, she obviously needs, like, a full team and stuff. And then stuff came out about this song. So, first of all, the cover art for it was a photo of Britney from a photo shoot from, like, 10 years ago that they airbrushed her face onto someone else's body. And then the song was recorded, I think, back when she was doing Britney Jean as, like, a B-side. And then Will I Am, like, dug it out and I think kind of remixed it a bit for now to, like, update. I mean, it doesn't sound like it's been updated, but I think he added, like, a few things. I saw a viral video of, like, a choir um, doing background vocals for it or something. So, it's very, like, Weekend at Britney's, like... What the fuck? Because when they announced the song at first, I kind of thought, oh, well, at least she's, like, interacting with people. You know what I mean? Like, if she's been to the studio, at least she's, like, interacting with other people. Because we only ever see her in that house. Um, And then what happened? She had a controversy recently. Oh, yeah, she hit that guy, the NBA player, and she was, like, a crazed homeless woman just on the attack. Um and I was relieved to see that because I'm like, well, at least she's, like, out in public. I'm like, okay, she exists. Because all the fans were saying that she was CGI. They were like, oh, she's locked in a basement. And, like, Kevin Federline, like, has her chained up so they can take her money. And they're putting CGI. Like, it was, like, full-on conspiratorial. She's CGI on TikTok. It's a deep fake. Like, it's not real. So then when we saw her attack the NBA player, I'm like, okay, at least I know she's real. And then when I saw that she had a song coming out, I'm like, oh, she's out recording. But now I'm like, okay, it's an old song from 10 years ago with a 10-year-ago artwork on the cover. And then she has a book coming out, but the cover of the book is like an old photo as well. And then someone messaged me. I can't really be specific about it because it was like an off-the-record thing, but someone that was connected to someone that worked on the book, they, yeah, they did confirm that like, Britney's involved in the book. And I do know someone else, this was a while ago, that knew Britney's manager. This was like, this tea is like a year old or so, but someone knew her manager and this was when she first got freed. And they said, yeah, she's doing her thing. And apparently she was getting all these offers in from like, I don't know if it was like Chanel, probably wasn't Chanel, but there was some luxury fashion houses. It was like a Gucci or one of them. And this is, again, right when she got freed. So, it's before she started being super, super crazy on, like, Instagram again. Um, And they, like, wanted to do, like, a a comeback, like, campaign with her. Like, make her the new face of whatever. And, like, she just doesn't want to do anything. So, I don't know. It's hard to figure out what's going on with her. But the song's a mess. Um, What else? There's a new New Jeans EP out. It's amazing. I've converted people onto K-pop now through this, which... Brings me so much joy. I even had one listener, one of my OG listeners, shout out Christina. And she was always like, yeah, like she's just obviously, she's not someone that would be listening to K pop. And she would sort of like, I don't know, she just was not into K pop, whatever, even if I've like talked about it before. And then she was, um, she had to work this thing where she ended up seeing a Blackpink concert because she had to like work at the venue when they had the concert. Now she's like listening to Blackpink and she's like, oh, maybe you were onto something. By the way, for the record, I hate Blackpink. Like I actually, they're the worst, but whatever. She's listening to K-pop. So people are coming around to it, but the new New Jeans album's amazing. Um, 
Is there anything else I want to talk about? I think I've hit most of the stuff. Um, we don't really need to talk about that. I'm just going over some of the topics. We don't need to talk about that. Manjupi, manjupi. Yeah, I think I'm done. Um, okay, guys, thanks for listening. And yeah, there's a really great Patreon with Jess on all of the Roni stuff. And I will see you all next week. No, wait, I'll see you all probably in two weeks. You'll see me on Patreon next week. And then you guys, the freebies, will see me in like two weeks. Bye.